Welcome to Inside the Crease, the podcast from Power Hockey Canada, dedicated to the Power Hockey community, showcasing the sport, the players, the coaches, and the unique and inspiring stories of life with a disability that break down barriers. Now, please welcome your host, Matt Vecino. All right, welcome everybody to this edition of Inside the Crease. I'm your host, Matt Lucino, and today I'm joined by longtime power hockey player, Kirk Ashman. How are you doing today, Kirk? I'm very good, Matt. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Not enjoying cold weather today, but it's sunny out, so I'll take it. Yeah, the sun is a bit deceiving, though. It's true. It's true. It, uh, the wind gets you still. But yeah. anyways, Kirk, so you've been playing power hockey for over two decades. Can you tell me how you first got involved in this sport? Um, I got involved in this sport when I was 14. Um, I was kind of puttering around in my high school gym, and two uh, guys that I consider mentors of mine saw me just shooting around. They're like, with your strength, you need to be playing electric wheelchair hockey. That's what it's called at the time. And I'm like, I don't have a chair. So how can I play? Like, don't worry. We'll figure it out for you. And you just come and try out. And I'm like, okay, I'll come. So I went on a Friday night to the place, Blurview at the time, and I tried it out. And I fell in love after I got hit smack in the face with a, a rocket <laughs> shot. I was like, yeah, I can do this. This is exactly what I want. Do, uh, do you remember the play and what happened? Like, Yeah, I, I was – because, because I wasn't – you know, apt to driving a power chair at the time. I was playing defense, so I would just go back and forth in front of the crease. Yeah. And um, um, longtime player Mike Laval was coming down, and he just wired one right at me. And I was just like, yeah, all right. You like so, it. Like, sold. It energized you, hey? It did. That's awesome. So uh, up until that point, had you participated in any uh, Paris sports or, or, or what was your experience like? Well, I was playing like house league hockey in my in my elementary school for a while. And um, my high school also had a wheelchair hockey team. So okay. it was a mixture of people in manuals and in power chairs. So um, I was playing I was playing that. That was my extent of hockey at that time, is um, tournaments that we play in. So you had so you had some experience, but yeah. not, not quite power hockey. Not quite said. power hockey. But uh, uh, my, my high school ended up winning a championship one year, so I was on that team. So uh, that awesome. was fun, yeah. So, so clearly it sounds like uh, hockey's been a big passion of yours your yeah, entire life. Yeah, hockey has been uh, at the forefront of my like, like of my life since I was a little kid. I mean, I remember my earliest rem- um, memories of hockey were Saturday nights, hockey night in Canada, with watching with my mom, watching the Leafs play, and then because it was Saturday night, I got to stay up a little bit later, so I'd watch the West Coast game, and it was usually the Calgary Flames, mm-hmm. and, and you know so. I ended up really loving that, and I ended up loving the Calgary Flames too. So they're like my secondary team 
next to the Maple Leafs. And uh, yeah, so I just started playing around in, in elementary school, house league, winning championships in the house leagues there and uh, mm-hmm. went to high school, won a championship in high school and then, and then got got introduced to this while I was just shooting around in the gym. Yeah, so, so you mentioned, obviously, you were playing uh, hockey with your high school and yep. sort of a different, a different style of game, different setting than power hockey. So when yep. you first got introduced to power hockey, what was, what was sort of the biggest transition for you between the, the two styles of game? Well, for me, it was driving a power chair because at that time I was in a manual. Okay. And I didn't have a power chair of my own. Okay. So... Once I got used to which hand I was going to drive with and which hand I was going to shoot with, it was just a matter of, you know, getting to uh, Blurview a bit early and just getting into the chair, getting the feel for the chair and driving and getting used to driving a power chair. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely a big change a lot faster, too. Yep. Now, obviously, you've been, like we said earlier, you've been playing for over, for over two decades. What, what about... What is six years? 26 years so what about the game has kept you kept you coming back all these years later well for me it's you know the fact that i can even play the sport because you know other para sports like wheelchair basketball uh sledge hockey you have to have some sort of a good range of motion and dexterity which i which I have in one hand, but not the other, right? My, mm-hmm. my left hand is my stronger side. So if I was playing something like sledge hockey, I'd just be going around in circles all the time, and that wouldn't be too fun. And wheelchair basketball, because, like, again, my, my, my left side is the stronger side. Using that all the time, I'd end up getting tired a lot faster. So the fact that, you know, the power chair kind of equalizes things, you know, that's that's a, a good part of it. The fact that I'm on the floor with, you know, people with varying disabilities all playing to their strengths, uh, and the fact that it's, you know, there's no gender barrier. I think you bring up a unique point. Like, it's something that I've discussed with other people as well, but what's so special about power hockey is that Anybody can play. It doesn't matter your level of disability, your capabilities, uh, your upper body strength, per se, which is usually needed for sports that you mentioned, like slide hockey and wheelchair basketball. We don't, you don't need that elite uh, ability to play power hockey. I think it's a really good equalizer. Yes, it is. And it's not like, um, for me, like I said, it's not like, you know, people that have muscular dystrophy are not important players to their team. You know, it, everybody has a role to play and everybody is important to the team regardless of your strength. I mean, you, you know from playing for a while, like if, if one of your teammates are missing, you're just like, oh, crap. You're, you're starting to panic, right? It's just like totally. that, that person, we need them. It's just like. No, you're right. Everybody on the team has a role. It doesn't matter their ability. Right. So if one piece of that team is missing, it's just like, okay, what are we going to do to fill that hole? Absolutely. Now, just to set down something, like, obviously, it sounds like you love playing the game because it, it, 
been able to play regardless of your disability and whatnot. And it's, you've had more or less challenges over the years, but do you find that you love still playing because you just have that competitive fire? Do you like the camaraderie? Like what else makes you want to show up weekly, put on your jersey and get to work? I'm, I'm really fiercely competitive and I just love to play. I love to win. Yeah, we right? all do. I love to win. Like, I love the adrenaline rush from playing. You know, getting slightly bumped, all like all of that stuff, right? You know, just getting that energy out, being around people that enjoy the sport. You, you know, I've forged a lot of friendships throughout the years. Um, all of that keeps me coming. Tournaments keep me coming back. You mm-hmm. know the the drive to play well so that I can make a tournament team also keeps me coming back because I love playing in tournaments at the end of the season. It's that competitive fire. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that. I think, I think I try to be the same way, but uh, I hope I can have a long career like you. Well, uh, you probably, you probably will. You, you're a smart mind. Remember I, I, I was your coach from way back when, you know, and, uh, I was going to say, thank you for bringing that up. Like you said, you you were coaching me about yeah. 15 years ago. Why, uh, what wow. got you involved in coaching? I know. Sorry, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to make, I'm yeah. not trying to make us both feel old, but it's true. <laughs> it's been 15 years. Wow. So what, uh, crazy. Yeah, I know, right? It's crazy. It feels like yesterday. Um, what, what made you want to get involved in coaching? Um, the challenge. You know, being on the bench for the first time and actually like having to teach young young minds how to play this game, you know, and uh, that was a real thrill for me. You know, especially watching players graduate to the upper league, you know, the senior league, and excelling there. And I'm like, I had a hand in that, mm-hmm. so that was fun. It was one of the more fulfilling parts of my career, to be honest with you. That's awesome. That actually, that's amazing. Um, I think you're right. There's nothing quite like giving back and seeing someone that you've helped mentor blossom. Um, obviously, you have a lot of years left playing, but can you see yourself uh, taking on a full-time coaching capacity in the future? Um, if there's space for me, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I, I enjoyed... Um, coaching and shaping minds into this game and getting them into the mindset of playing. I mean, mm-hmm. I still I still do it today. If there's a young guy on my team, you know, I take them under my wing and I'm like, okay, you know what, this is how you do this. And, you know, this is how you carry yourself. And, you know, because I had mentors when I was growing up through the sport. So it's great to give back. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the idea of mentorship. I think it's extremely important to develop athletes and just uh, develop the game uh, no matter what or other sport it is. So as a mentor, obviously, what, what sort of piece of advice do you like to pass on to younger athletes that you take under your wing? Well, this is like the situation, like, you know, there are some players because of their strength abilities, they don't believe that they can contribute. And I'm like, look, man. You can contribute, like, if you just, you know, block you screens, 
there's there are things for you to do. Don't get discouraged because there's some guy ripping the ball from half court. Mm-hmm. If you if you can get in his way and slow him up, he's not taking that shot, and that's just as important as scoring a goal. No, I think that's true. Like you can you can contribute in a variety of ways. It's not just putting the ball in the net. No, um, a lot of a lot of the things that players do on on the power hockey floor don't show up on the stat sheet. Like you know. A guy just setting a, a slight pick for one of the the um, stronger players to get the ball to the net, you know, that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. But if that pick wasn't there, that guy's not getting to the net. It's it's funny. I like that you brought up the idea of picks because I remember when I first started playing power hockey all those years ago, you always told me, you're like, Matt, you're not going to necessarily be a goal scorer. But I know you can be a great defensive forward and a defensive player. And yep. you told me, you're like, you, you, you need to meet Megan Hines. She's an elite defensive player, elite at setting the pitch. And you got to model your game after hers. And I still remember us, well, when I would be on the bench, you were coaching, you sort of telling me about pits and when I should jump up in the play to create space for yep. uh, offensive players. And you you felt important and and that's what i tried to do is make every player feel important too like just because you're not the one putting the ball in the net doesn't mean i don't need you on my team i mm-hmm. and i and i tried to encourage everyone to you know to play on my team and as i told you when you were younger all those years ago you may not win a championship with me Mm-hmm. Right, but I'm gonna make you the best player that I can make you. Right, so that you can win championships in the future. For sure, and it it, it paid off. I think a few years after you coached me, I did end up winning a championship. So you, you definitely know what you're talking about as a mentor and as a coach. Yeah. Um, sh- shifting gears a little bit, Kurt. I think one sort of theme that we've kind of touched on a little bit is just sort of the inclusivity inclusive nature of of power hockey and and power hockey canada can you talk a little bit about the environment of power hockey canada and how the organization really tries to make sure that there's a place for everybody well like i said regardless of your strengths regardless of your you know the ability that you think you have because power hockey finds a way to unlock other abilities that you didn't think you had too Mm -hmm. um you can play this sport and you don't have to be a male, you, you know, female, however you identify. If you want to play this sport, you can mm-hmm. play this sport. There's no gender barrier. There's no bias on sexual orientation. If you love the sport and you want to play, we'll find a way to make it happen for you. From, from past experiences, when you say that inclusive nature is something that is uh, maybe more important or pronounced in power hockey compared to other sports or, or activities you've been involved in? Oh, absolutely. Again, going back to, you know, because I, I did play wheelchair basketball at, at some point in my life. But again, mm-hmm. like, if you didn't have a certain amount of upper body strength, you weren't really playing. And you're just sitting on the sidelines being a cheerleader. But with with power hockey 
you you don't even you don't even have to hold your stick. It'll be attached to your chair, and you can contribute that way. Mm-hmm. You know. So just to be able to see everybody from all walks of life playing the sport, that's the best part of it. For sure. And I think one area, too, is that um, just from my experience playing, especially now that I've been in the senior league the last few years, is there's a bunch of people that are like as young as 15 to as old as 65. The, the sport really doesn't discriminate against against anything. No. Gender, religion, race, sexual orientation. Like I said, if you want to play, you can play. And, you know, Power Hockey Canada and Power Hockey Toronto are going to really ramp up the efforts to try to get as many people from all walks of life to play this amazing sport. For sure. Now, obviously, I think it's pretty clear from, from what we've already said is we think Power Hockey Canada is inclusive, but do you think there's any way that we can make the game more inclusive and, and how we can do that? Well, I, I feel like we just got to get boots on the ground and really expose this game to different areas, you know, and in, in communities, you know, because power hockey is still one of those hidden gems in the sports world, mm-hmm. especially in North America. Like it's still... You know, when I tell people you play, I play power hockey, they're like, what's that? I mean, even last week I was in a therapy session and I was talking about, I was talking to my therapist about playing power hockey. And coincidentally enough, she was a hockey player as well. So we started talking. So we started talking and she's like, what's power hockey? And I introduced it to her and she's like, wow, this is amazing. I want to come check it out. See, so a lot of people don't still don't know a lot about it. So I think, you know, hopefully, you know, we're going to put some more, some more wheels on the ground if you want to use, you know, yeah, that yeah. term, you know, but, you know, get, get, get the word out and, um, you know, show them that show people that may not know that want to play a sport that this sport is out there for you in in toronto i think hockey no matter what walk of life you are from you know that it's out there you know that it's there it's in your face right Mm -hmm. but i i would love to see power hockey get in the faces of people the same way and be like Hey, you want you want to volunteer? Come down here. You want to you know, you want to help fundraise? You can come here. You, you want to play? This is a place that you can play. Mm-hmm. Like my my dream my dream one day is not only a, the Olympics, but I I wouldn't mind seeing some people make some cash playing this game too. So no, if there's any, so if there's any rich benefactors listening and want to be dropping some cash and know some other rich people that want to be dropping some cash, drop in Power Hockey Toronto and Power Hockey Canada's lap so that, you know, the players can get some too, you know? No, it's true. I think I think people don't realize how elite the athletes are that play Power Hockey. And not only do they deserve to be seen on the Paralympic stage, but... They deserve to get a little bit of cash. And, yeah, and it's it's a it's a brother and sisterhood. This this sport, and like I said, um, it's super inclusive. And um, 
the more the more people that play the 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 bigger it's gonna get and you know the sky's the limit like even though power hockey has been around for years in in north america it's still in in its infancy to believe it or not and it there's still a ways for it to go and grow absolutely uh shifting gears a little bit kirk obviously we here inside the trees we like to talk about power hockey and power hockey canada but we also like to know a little bit about them person. So I've known you for years, and I know you're a big, you're a big food guy. You like to cook. So yep. what uh, what's some tasty treats that you've been cooking up recently, and and uh, what should we try? So I'm a big, uh, I'm a big rib guy. I make my own ribs. Ooh, and delicious. Yeah, I love making ribs. That's like my specialty. Uh, never, never too never each one is different every time i make it so i couldn't give you a, an exact recipe of my sauces and stuff it's mm-hmm. whatever i have in my fridge yeah so i do that um and due to this global pandemic now i've been doing a little bit of i would say easy baking cuz i've been getting these like like bread mixes and different things that i've been doing so i've been doing that a little bit um you know i like to i like to make homemade pizzas uh yeah i i do chilies and i'm like also like one of my favorite things to do to have in the morning is having like bone broth so i make my own bone broth too nice yeah that all sounds delicious yeah now uh obviously like you mentioned global pandemic pretty crappy right nine months into this but you're known, you're known to be a bit of a world traveler. You went to Italy a few years back. Mm-hmm. How was how was that experience, and, and what kind of food did you eat there? I'm assuming wow. a lot of oh. Italian. Well, I'll tell you, man. Italy, it was a great it was a great experience. I've been there. That was like my last trip was my third time there, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, I went back. I went in '09, way back in '09, the first mm-hmm. time. And then I went back in 2010. That was an experience that was awful. Oh no, let's let's not talk about that then. Uh, it was it was awful, but it was also rewarding because I actually went to see how they play hockey in Europe. But, oh okay. Uh, yeah. Um, and then I went back in 2018, and the, the food is just unbelievable. Every everything you you think that you've eaten that's been great over here, like <laughs> times that by about a thousand over there. Like a, a basic bowl of pasta uh, spaghetti over there is so, like go- gourmet compared to what we have. It doesn't even compare. It right? doesn't even compare. I've been on this like um, one time I was there. I had like a awesome bowl of pasta carbonara. Yeah, and I've been on the hunt to find something <laughs> close to that, and I haven't. I haven't. It's nothing. Nothing's quite like good old homemade Italian pasta. Every, everything, Italy. even in the restaurants, everything there feels like it's homemade. No word of a lie. It probably is. It probably yeah. is. They know I, how to. There's some like you know nona grandmother back there just cooking it up, and you know. The 
the owner of the restaurant's passing it off like he cooked it, but he's getting it from his grandmother. I guess. Just, <laughs> guaranteed, guaranteed. No, no, and no, no. I just in the back. With, yeah, the, they're in the uh, back. <laughs> just, just tighten it up. Um, yeah. Obviously, what's next? Like, what, what's your next destination that you really want to visit? Hmm, I've I, been, I've been all over the place. Like, there's some places I like. I want to go back to. Like, I, I went to New Orleans in 2018, uh, the same year that I went to Italy the last time too. So. I loved New Orleans and I loved the food down there. So I, I want to go back to New Orleans. Um, I want to go back to Las Vegas. Me too. I've never been. That's on my bucket list. Yeah. I want to go back to Las Vegas. There's no clocks in the hotel room, by the way. So you, you have to request. Seriously? You have to request a clock. Right? Is, that, because is that true? That's so true. Because they, they expect you to be down in the casino gambling all night. So, so Vegas and all that, that would be pretty cool. Yep. What about Australia? I know you went there. Ah, Australia, yes. Canada. How, how, could I, how could I forget Australia? Tell that, me about that experience at Power Hockey Canada. Um, that was one of the most fulfilling, rewarding um, parts of my career. Like, I never thought I'd, be, I'd ever be wearing... Team Canada colors and hearing my national anthem being played. So right there, that was worth the 21-hour flight. And being able to play that style of hockey was just so much fun. You know, we, we, we fielded two teams down there, and Canada came in third and fourth in that tournament. So that was really nice. My team was the fourth-place team, and I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good. Like, you know, I was, it was so fulfilling and so rewarding and being able to bond with all the players that went there. I think that was uh, the best tournament team I've ever been on. And I've been on quite a few. That's awesome. And I'm sure there's nothing like wearing that Canadian sweater either. Oh, I mean, look, I still, I'm still wearing this hat, man. Like, I, I love it so much. I see. That's awesome. Um, obviously that tournament, I feel like was, a big step for Power Hockey Canada just sort of expanding the game and having other competition uh, across the world. So what do you think the future of Power Hockey looks like? The future of Power Hockey looks like if it stays on the trajectory that it is, um, with um, especially Power Hockey Canada building the relationships it is around the world, I do see it hitting the Paralympics. It's going to get too big for the Paralympic community to say this is not a sport anymore. They're they're going to recognize it as a as a legit sport. I think that's what we all hope for, honestly. Yeah, to get that. It, it, it's just a matter of time. I agree, and I think the good thing is is now we're starting to make some strides, and and once we get that Paralympic Paralympic uh, recognition, I think more funding is going to start getting poured into the game as well. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've, got, we've got the right people installed in the right places to get this done. Agreed, agreed. Well, Turk, I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. But yep. before I let you go, we like doing a little fun segment here at Inside the Priest called the Six Shot Shootout. Now it's time for the Six Shot Shootout. It's six rapid-fire questions coming at you, so get ready. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to hit you with six rapid-fire questions. 
and I need your best answer. Or your, All right. I need you to choose. Shoot. All right. Okay, Superman or Batman? Batman. Comedy or horror movies? Comedy. Breakfast or dinner? Dinner. Summer or winter? Summer. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. No, I think this last one's going to be easy, but a safari adventure or a Mediterranean cruise? Mediterranean cruise. I knew it. I knew you liked that Italy, Spain, France, all that. Cruising, too. Cruising, too. There's nothing like it. Agreed. I've been on a few myself, and I definitely love it. It, it's amazing. Like, you know, you always have a place to stay and you get to see all these little, you know, places in the world that you never would have been able to touch. Sometimes it, because of being in a chair, you wouldn't have been able to touch it. It's true. Well, Kirk, I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. Hopefully when this pandemic's over, we can catch up in person, play a little hockey and maybe go You and I still together. have a championship to win. So, yeah, it's going to happen. We do. We have to. We have a championship to win. You know, exactly. that was that was robbed by, from us from the pandemic. It's true. It really was. You're close, but we're, we're going to get them. there. We're, we're going to get, get it. Kurt, appreciate it. You're the man. Thank you so much. And, Absolutely, uh, buddy. You take it easy. Talk soon. Thank you for joining us on Inside the Crease, the podcast dedicated to the power hockey community. If you enjoyed today's show, please like, subscribe, and tell a friend. Visit our website at InsideTheCrease.com and follow us on social media at InsideCrease. 